What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Super Honky Podcast. Today is February the 24th, 2.24. I have waited way too long to do this episode. Um, Dude, life has been just really working me up lately. You know, finding a way to chop me down. I have some good news on the horizon. Some bad shit's been going on, but at the same time, I'm starting to see a light at the end of the tunnel with the whole losing my job that I've talked about in previous episodes. Um, 49ers fucked around and lost the Super Bowl. However, I don't exactly consider it a loss. I just consider it getting shafted in the fucking NFL scripting their games. But yeah, today's a season finale. Episode 20, season one. We are we are gonna end this off with a bang. Season one's gonna end in a bang, a big old bang. And I'm gonna just not apologize because I'm kinda getting tired of fucking telling you guys every week, like, oh, I couldn't get another one up this week. I'm sorry, you guys. This one has been the longest, you know, the longest wait in between episodes. All the way up until about episode 16, I was releasing no less than one episode every single week. And then from 16 to 17 to 18, I just keep, I keep fucking off. I keep, I don't know, just getting stressed out and just not committing 100% to the podcast the way I, I want to do. But if you guys know me from a mental perspective, you know, if mentally I'm kind of just fucking airplane crashing into buildings and shit and now my airplane is like barely maneuvering through the fucking sky there's fucking thunderstorms on the horizon and shit it's been pretty hectic and uh you know losing my buddy back in 2017 when he passed away i lost that one guy in my life that one guy that i felt like no matter what was going on in my life, no matter how hectic shit was in life, I always had someone that I could reach out to, that I could trust, that I could tell everything to. And I haven't had that. I've not been able to recuperate that. I don't have a new, I got a couple new friends, but they're not exactly people that know me, know me. You know what I mean? They might think they know me, but deep down they don't actually know the fucking rattled mess that is Dennis fucking Sanders. And, uh, yeah, I've just been letting a lot of things get to me. Um, it's been, what, I don't know, fuck, like three weeks since I did a podcast, like roughly three weeks since I did an episode, rather. And, uh, yeah, I just, not being consistent, and you have to be consistent. Otherwise, people stop giving a fuck about me or my show, my good old podcast here. And today I woke up this morning and was thinking like, damn it, I need to just do an episode. I need to salve it out. To be honest with you, I don't want to do this shit right now. But I'm just going to do it anyways. But anyways, how's everyone going? Again, it's February the 24th. I wanted to post an episode right before the Super Bowl. And had I done that, then there would have been another one about a week after the Super Bowl. I wanted to talk about the NFL and just the weird shit I've seen and how people still are running around thinking that the NFL is not scripted. It's so scripted. They made it all about Taylor Swift and fucking Travis Kelsey. Like, everything was about Taylor Swift. 
for two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl. You could not pull up anything about the Super Bowl without, What is Taylor Swift wearing today? Oh, look at her new jacket. Look at her makeup. It's beautiful. Taylor Swift looks like a fucking horse. This fucking broad wears 20 pounds of makeup every time she's outside. The most flat butt bitch I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, I'm going hard today. If you guys don't like cussing, you might want to back out of this episode because I'm about to get it in this episode. Taylor Swift is the most average looking chick I've ever seen in my life. Straight up fucking iron board back. This bitch got a flat pancake ass. Weird ass horse face. And the only reason why she even looks remotely pretty is because she's got to wear fucking $1,000 and probably more than that fucking three grand of makeup every time she fucking goes outside Ugh. and of course my 49ers were shafted leading up to the game I was already telling people you already know how it's gonna go you already know they're gonna make it a close game right it's gonna be close Niners might get out to a good lead and that's exactly what happened Niners started first second quarter looked at, looked untouchable Brock Purdy dropping fucking dimes throwing the most beautiful passes to fucking the Niners receivers we were on a roll in the first quarter and a half or so however 49ers left a lot of points on the board and when you do that, how the fuck are you supposed to win when you're playing against someone like the Chiefs, right? Especially when the Chiefs get away with shit all the time. And by that, I mean their offensive line. They have one of the most touchy, grabby, fucking molest child molestation fucking offensive lines in football. And for fucking three years, three straight Super Bowls they've been in. They have not got a single holding penalty on their offensive line. And if you look at the stats during the regular year, they get more offensive holds than damn near any other team in the league. I'm not going to look it up right now, but I was like reading some stuff that was saying for like the last two years, the Chiefs are one of the top teams with getting offensive hold penalties on their line. And yet here we are, three Super Bowls that they've been in, not, not in you know, not in back-to-back-to-back years, but the three last Super Bowls they have been in, two of which have been against my Niners, not a single fucking holding call. Not a single fucking holding call. So much shit in that Super Bowl annoying. Niners should have had literally 24 points in the first half. Instead, they barely skated out of there with 10 points in the first half, left all kinds of points on the board. Fucking Christian McCaffrey fumbled on the first drive, got up to... Shit, it's already been a few weeks, so I'm trying to relive this shit. But, um... Got close to scoring a touchdown on the first drive, got all the way up to about the 10 or something like this. Just... And then out of nowhere, just fumbles the fucking football, gives it up to the Chiefs. Fortunately, the 49ers defense held Patrick Mahomes. He wasn't doing shit. If any of you watched the game, that man couldn't do shit in the first, like, half. Pretty much running around for his life. Couldn't do nothing. 49ers have all kinds of freak injuries in the game. Dre Greenlaw fucking explodes his... Uh, what is it, the the muscle in the back of his leg, the fucking Shadango, Shadango just fucking snapped when all he was doing was literally getting ready to jog out on the field and this dude's muscle just exp explodes on itself. Fucking suspect as fuck, bro. First half of the game, Chiefs couldn't do anything. 49ers were just going ham, 
However, again, they, they couldn't get as many points on the board as they should have had in that first half. And I kept telling my buddy that as we were watching the game. I'm like, the only thing I'm stressing on is the fact that the 49ers only have seven points. They ended up getting another, you know, whatever to make it 10 at half. It was like 10 to 3 at halftime, I believe, some shit like this. But to sit here and shut down Patrick Mahomes for two quarters, just like the previous Super Bowl, Chiefs couldn't do a damn thing. And then here comes the Cinderella magical comeback. And I'm kind of glad I didn't do a podcast right away because at the time there wasn't a lot of information out there to show all these no calls that ended up happening in that game. My stomach's over here going crazy. I swear my stomach is talking just as loud as I am right now. I just keep hearing what sounds like thunder, fucking, and it's just my gut. I need to stop doing these when I'm starving, but I think all it is is when I wake up in the morning, I'm not really a morning eater, never have been. It's probably why I'm still skinny, because I don't eat breakfast. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah, says people that are fucking walking around at 2.40. Fuck all that. I'm not fat. I be thin in this motherfucker. My body look like Taylor Swift's. <laughs> Old fucking horse face looking bitch. Um, but yeah, so of course the 49ers ended up losing. Um, and in the wake of like the first week of, of you know, after that loss, you're just seeing all kinds of fucking docu- uh, YouTube videos and links that are talking about how did the Chiefs get away with this hold? How did they get away with this hold? Hey, do you know on the final touchdown of the game, there was actually a penalty that was never called because one of their offensive linemen were downfield? And if, and if, and if they had caught that, the 49ers would have won the game because the clock would have ran. I don't give a shit. I already know all this. I've been pointing this type of shit out for years. And everybody calls me fucking crazy. But these days, more and more people are starting to wake up to the whole idea and, you know, the thought that the league is scripting games. And when I say scripted, I don't mean they're scripting every last play. I don't mean they're even scripting every fucking game. But they're definitely manipulating games in order to get their storylines to come to fruition. They've been doing this shit since the beginning of time. It started to become way more noticeable in the early 2000s. There goes my stomach again. Jesus Christ. Um, Let me open this Pepsi Cola Classic real quick. Oh, yeah. Nice and cold one right there. Ah, that's that's my breakfast right there. Nice cold Pepsi in the morning. That's how I get it in. But, yeah. It goes all the way back. When I first started noticing that the NFL seemed to be scripting games, it was in the early 2000s. It kind of seemed right around the time that 9-11 happened that it started becoming more and more, more and more apparent that they were fixing games and, you know, creating storylines. And at the end of the day, they're a business. They're just trying to make a ton of money. And the easiest way to do it is to kind of create these narratives that you, that you know people will hang on to. You want to get as many viewers as possible. Which is why they made the Super Bowl more about Taylor Swift than anything to do with my fucking 49ers. Taylor fucking Swift. Oh, Taylor fucking Swift. We got all these little girls watching the NFL now. Isn't it nice? Why? So you can manipulate more children into believing and buying into this fuck-ass sport? That's not even a sport. It's just like the WWF and wrestling back in the day. 
They wanted to make it all about these big storylines, you know? Oh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan, they're fucking teammates. They're tag team partners. Oh, until they're not. Until they decide to make it all about fucking, oh, Hulk Hogan's trying to fuck Miss Elizabeth, which is fucking, you know, Macho Man's woman and his wife. That shit's all fake. They do all that shit for money. It's all just to fucking get as many people in that building, get as many butts in those chairs, sell as much as they possibly can, and laugh their way to the bank until the next fucking season comes around. Bunch of fucking dog water. The only good news is, is now more people seem to be waking up to it. I didn't even have to really argue with anyone. I didn't have to, I didn't feel the need to go out of my way and the way I have in previous games where we've been fucked over. And I'm not saying, look, at look. what I'm trying to say is, even if I wasn't a fan of the 49ers, you could be someone that just is completely unbiased, don't have any team that you even rock with. Oh, that felt good. You could have any team that you could rock, that you, you know, just be a fan of the NFL, not give a shit about any of these teams. And if you are a fucking person that pays attention, you could watch these games and be like, well, that doesn't make sense. Why didn't they throw a flag right there? Oh, Brock Purdy just got blasted after throwing the ball. No flag call. Even though I promise you, if that happens to Patrick Mahomes, there's a flag every fucking time. If that happens to Tom Brady when he was in the league, that's a flag every time. They got these players that they'll protect, these quarterbacks that fucking, you could literally put a hand on their shoulder and you're getting a flag thrown. But then you got up-and-comers like Brock Purdy who are getting fucking blasted, literally speared into the ground after throwing the ball. And we're just not going to call that. No fucking flag on that play. Fuck out of here, man. I'm sick and tired of trying to wake up these mouth-breathing fucking morons that are too fucking blind to realize that their favorite fucking pastime is bullshit, and it's always been bullshit. And just like wrestling, yes, these quarter, these uh, NFL players, they put themselves to hell, through hell rather, to get to where they are professionally. I'm not saying they don't. These guys are obviously fucking super athletic. They have so much ability. But at the end of the day, it's all about money. They just make it all about these goddamn storylines. Ugh, Taylor fucking Swift. I should have wrote some of this shit down because I've had conversations with other people in the last couple weeks where I was really nailing some really good points so I don't just sound like some boomer motherfucker complaining. I don't want to just sound like I'm just complaining. I wanted to hit you with facts and then kind of complain about those facts. But I've been so fucking busy lately, I haven't... I haven't taken no notes on anything. Um, so I'm sitting here as I'm talking live trying to remember all these great points I've made in the last two weeks to kind of argue my point about the league being scripted, rigged, fixed, illegal betting. I don't know. One of the main things I found is back in the like early 2000s, I can't remember the exact year. Let me go ahead and look it up so I can actually be correct on this. When did the NFL add replays? The NFL first, yeah, 
Hold on. The NFL first adopted a limited instant replay system in 1986. It remained in place through 1991. However, okay, so I am pretty close to correct. The current system of instant replays was put into use in 1999, adding the opportunity for NFL coaches to challenge on-field calls of plays. The current system mirrors a system that is now or mirrors a learn how to read you fucking moron the current system mirrors a system used by the now def, uh, defunct 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 that's a new word for me defunct usfl in its final season 1985 so 1999 1999 was when they added the ability for coaches to throw a flag a red flag let's challenge this right and the reason why they did that in 1999 is because more and more people started calling out the NFL and their bullshit and the fact that they wouldn't throw flags for this, but they'll throw flags for this. And then oftentimes, as viewers watching it on TV, we're like, what the fuck? How is that a flag? Right. So they added these fucking replays. And uh, let me see when HDTV came out. When was HDTV invented oh would you look at that high definition television and this is a point i was making to a friend of mine high definition television in the united states was introduced in 1998 and has since become increasingly popular and dominant in the television market now let's get to the point i'm trying to make they the nfl decided to put these instant replays in their fucking game because as soon as HDTV came out in 1998, as soon as it started becoming more popular and, and consumers were rushing out and purchasing these high-definition televisions, that was when, as NFL fans, it became more and more obvious that there was just bullshit going on. You know, you're like, how is that a flag? How is that a flag? How is this not a flag? And more people started questioning the NFL and their motives and the whole system of, oh, that's a flag on that play, but that's not a flag on that one. And because of the uproar in, you know, in the, in the fans that watch the NFL regarding these bullshit and oftentimes overlooked penalties and this type of shit, the NFL, I could just picture them thinking like, oh, shit, they're starting to catch on to the fact we're scripting games, right? Because it used to be before HDTV, there was no replay system. And the reason why is because back then, in the, and by back then, I mean 60s, 70s, 80s, early, mid-90s, when something bad happened, meaning a referee completely missed a pass interference or threw a flag on something that had no business having a flag thrown, our TV systems, the, the, the fucking resolution we had on TVs back then was so fucking shitty that as a fan watching the game on TV, you didn't have like a really good clear image as to what's going on the way we do today. So back in the fucking 80s, early 90s, and I still remember this because I was born in 83. So, you know, I'm a young teenager, 19, you know, I'm a young teenager in the early to mid 90s and i remember watching these games with our old resolution the 4-3 definition tvs 
straight dog water. If you go back and watch YouTube replays for football games and, uh, you know, they haven't done anything to, to make the quality of the image look any better and you're just watching it on YouTube, for example, of uh, the actual image that we saw on TV back then, you'll look at that shit and you'll be like, what the fuck? This is how everyone used to watch football? Yes, that's how we watched football. It looked horrendous. It was so bad that oftentimes you couldn't even tell who the fucking player was unless they zoomed way in on him. When, when the fucking camera was back in its normal view, you know how when the camera's pulled back and they're about to hike the ball? You literally could not make out who was who. You couldn't even see these motherfuckers' numbers or none of that shit. It was just pixelated, looked like dog shit. And because of that, Whenever the NFL or the referees threw some flag, you didn't even question it. You're like, I don't know. I can't hardly see shit. Maybe that is a penalty. Maybe it's not. But then in 1999, only one year after HDTVs are released, oh, look at this. The NFL now has a replay system. And the reason why they did that again is because no one gave a shit in 1992 when HDTVs were not, were not available. But now you got millions of fans that all rushed out and bought the first HDTVs that are watching these games. And they're just like, what the fuck is that? Why is there a flag on that play? He didn't horse collar him. He didn't fucking, he didn't run into him or whatever the fuck it would be, right? And the NFL realized that if they don't get a replay system in place, more people are going to start saying the game is scripted, the game is rigged, it's fake, they're bullshitting, they're setting up storylines, and they're not allowing the game to actually be a fair competition, if that makes sense. Now, when they came out with this replay system... At first, it seemed amazing. For the first few years, it's like, whoa, we actually get to fucking throw a challenge flag. However, it's limited. It's not like a coach can sit here, and I'm going to touch on this in just a moment. I want to Google this real quick because I think it's three. I don't want to be wrong, though. Um, I think it's three challenge flags. How many challenge flags? Challenge flags in NFL do you get? And they may have recently changed this. So it's only two. For some reason, I thought it was three. Maybe at some point it was three. And the way it works is it says, it says they start with two challenges. If Okay, this is why I thought it was three. They start with only two challenges where an NFL coach, if he sees some bullshit or something that happens, you know, a flag that's bullshit, they could throw a, what's called a challenge flag. It's a good old red flag. <sighs> throw that shit out. Oh, they're challenging the play. Let's go. Go watch a replay, right? They start with two challenges, but if both of them are successful, they get granted a third challenge. And then it says, challenges must be initiated promptly, meaning that they have to try to watch it on the big screen and hurry up and make a decision to throw the challenge flag. Because if they don't, the other team, even if they know they're fucking bullshitting and that, you know, there should, there should have been a flag, they could hurry up and snap the football. And as soon as you snap the football, even if the play before it was bullshit and should have had a flag thrown, it doesn't matter. Too late, right? So you only get like a whopping 20 to 30 seconds roughly for you to make a decision on if you want to waste or try to throw your challenge flag. Um, 
It says, Coach is challenged by throwing a red flag onto the field before the next play begins or by indicating to the officials that they would like to challenge that play in question. Now, this is the part that is kind of funny. In 1999, again, the challenge system came into effect. But I have watched so many games where... I mean, just going back to the 49ers-Eagles where Brock Purdy tore his UCL on his fucking elbow. What's that dude's name? Like Devontae Smith or whatever on the Eagles. I forgot that dude's name. But anyways, early in that game, before Brock Purdy fucked his elbow up, um, Jalen Hurts dropped back to pass, and he throws a deep bomb to, I think his name's Devontae Smith. Really, I don't give a fuck what his name is. But, uh... He catches the ball, or at least in fast motion. It looks like he caught it. However, when he landed on the ground with the ball after kind of being tackled right after catching it, the ball completely pops out, like meaning it was not an actual legitimate catch. You know, because with the NFL, for whatever reason, you got to catch the ball and fucking juggle and fucking make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. You got to call your mom and check in. And then only after that is it considered a catch. It used to just be, you know, fucking however long ago, it used to just be if you caught a football, you caught it. So long as it was in your hand and you pulled it towards your body, that was a catch. So back even in the mid-90s, you would see see so many fumbles because a player would catch it, but as they're pulling it in towards their body, someone would swat at it, boom, it falls out, instant fumble. I've seen the 49ers lose all kinds of games because of that shit. But... During the whole season where fucking, what's his name, Megatron, Calvin Johnson that used to play with the Lions, they they put in a new rule where, again, now you have to catch the ball, you have to fucking call your girlfriend, you gotta like fucking check in with your mother in the stands, you gotta draw a picture of yourself catching the football, and then they finally consider it a catch. And the reason why they do this is because the NFL knows when they are scripting games, it is so easy for them to fucking turn over catches. I have seen dozens and dozens of catches, 100% a catch. But the NFL will sit there, and if it benefits their script, they'll be like, it wasn't a catch, he didn't make a football move, he forgot to call his mother, he wasn't drawing the picture, or you know, he started drawing it, but he didn't finish drawing the picture, so it's not a catch. You know how many times I've seen that in the NFL? I'm going to fucking vomit on this microphone right now. I've seen that shit way too many times to count. And I actually just got back in. I stepped outside real quick to have a quick smoke break to kind of remind myself of the points I wanted to make in this episode. And I remember, I remember. So one of the points I wanted to make that I've made to several people in the last shit, probably a couple years now. But uh, especially after the Super Bowl lost, you know, when the 49ers lost the game, fuck out of here, man, is the fact that despite more and more people starting to jump on the bandwagon who are kind of waking up to the NFL and it's bullshit, and don't get it twisted, it's not, it's not just the NFL. It's also the NBA. It's also the MLB. All these big-name fucking quote-unquote sports that are racking in billions every year, they're all pulling this shit. But I'm focused on the NFL right now, so I'm just going to talk about the NFL right now. But it's the fact that After the replay system came out in early, again, 1999, the NFL did this because they realized that more fans watching in HD 
could see crystal clear images. So whenever the NFL was fucking up, whenever they were fucking up, you know, flags that shouldn't have been thrown or plays where a flag should have been thrown, this kind of thing, they kept uh, they kept doing their best to backpat and back backpedal backpedal Dennis Sanders that's all you got to say backpedal they were doing their best to try to backpedal out of these situations act like they were just fluke fucking rare scenarios and the more you pay attention the more you have the more you realize this shit happens every fucking game to every fucking team or to most teams some teams it happens more than other teams and uh I have a question for you why is it that we have documentaries? There are plenty of documentaries out there that exist. I love documentaries, by the way. Why are there plenty of documentaries out there that talk about the quote-unquote possibility of alien life, right? We see all kinds of documentaries questioning the idea of maybe an alien species being out there, all this type of shit, right? Even though we don't know for sure that aliens do or do not exist, there's plenty of documentaries on this. And then I started thinking, we also have plenty of uh, fucking documentaries about, you know, dinosaurs, shit like this, all kinds of shit, right? Why is there not one single fucking documentary about the possibility of the NFL scripting or rigging its games? Not one. Hop on Google and look up documentary fixing NFL games, shit like this. They don't fucking exist. And I find that really weird. We have documentaries about shit that we don't even know for sure. We even have documentaries about the possibility that we're all living in a fucking simulation and that our reality is being manipulated by whatever the fuck, right? We got movies like The Matrix, right? We got movies about aliens going all the way back to fucking E.T. And I'm sure there are movies even before that. But there's not a single documentary that wants to question or go up against the big name NFL and fucking question the legitimacy of their league, even though we've already known that there's been NBA referees that were involved in placing illegal bets that were working with the mob to fix games, specifically when the Sacramento Kings played against the Los Angeles Lakers back in the 2002-2003 fucking, uh, you know, the Western Conference Finals or whatever in the NBA. It just seems really suspect to me. I listen to all these big name podcasters that fucking that talk all about the NFL, right? And I'm thinking, how come none of them have ever suggested that the league is fixed? Like I listen to Richard Sherman's podcast and he's a big Niner fan. He you know, he's all up on Brock Purdy and the 49ers and not one time does this dude ever question the legitimacy of the league. Well, I'll tell you why. Because the NFL is going to shut that down so fast, you'll get sued. I wouldn't doubt it if you'll fuck around and turn up missing or just have a heart attack, a quote-unquote heart attack out of nowhere if you decide to start talking about this shit. I wouldn't doubt it if every NFL podcaster that talks about the NFL has to sign an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement that says that they will not put a spotlight under the weird shit that's always been going on in the NFL, even more in the last 25 years. Now that we have HD TVs and it's so much easier as a fan sitting on the couch to be able to point out, what the fuck is that? They got robbed. What the fuck is that? Here's another point I want to make. As mouth-breathing NFL fans, instead of fucking going after the main fucking business, the NFL itself, 
They put these referees in place in order to be scapegoats for all the fucking bullshit that's going on behind the scenes. So instead of bitching at the NFL, now these referees are in place. They want us to bitch about the referees so that the NFL can continue to script games and get away with the bullshit. No different than the president of the United fucking States of America. So many mouth-breathing morons. You see it right now. You can't get on Google. You can't get on Facebook without seeing a bunch of fucking far-left fucking idiots arguing with a bunch of far-right-having-ass idiots. And what, who do they blame for America's problems and all this shit going on with the economy? They blame the fucking president of the, of the United fucking States of America. That's why the president is there. The president doesn't have nowhere near as much power as what, as what most people assume or believe or think. They're in place so that the elitists can sit here and manipulate our entire economy, manipulate, manipulate us as a people. And instead of talking about the elitists more and honing our focus on the fucking half dozen to a dozen families that are literally in charge of the whole fucking world, instead of us focusing on them, we focus on the president of the United States. Meanwhile, the same shit keeps happening year after fucking year, and it doesn't matter who the fuck is sitting in the office. It doesn't matter if it's Barack Obama. It doesn't matter if it's Bill Clinton. doesn't matter if it's Hillary. doesn't matter if it's fucking George Bush. doesn't matter if it's fucking Trump or even Biden's crippled ass. None of that matters. They are only there as a scapegoat to allow the elitists to keep pulling off the same fuckery again, regardless of who's in office. Take a drink of my soda real quick. I told you I'm going to go bad this episode. And the NFL, no different. You never sat there and questioned yourself on why the fuck the NFL will sit there and fine coaches whenever they call refereeing it. Like sometimes a coach will get pissed off about the shit that is going on on the field and they'll fucking get in social media and they'll talk about the referees should be ashamed of themselves, blah, blah, blah. And then the NFL... Instead of doing anything to correct it, they just squelch these motherfuckers. They throw them a fucking $30,000, $50,000 fine for even opening their mouths and questioning the fucking legitimacy of the league or the referees that were refing the game. It's a smokescreen, motherfucker. It's all just smoke and mirrors. The referees are there to be a scapegoat so we don't focus on the real fucking problem. And the NFL's a business. Let's just say you go up to a store, right? You go into a Walmart. You have plenty of people that work there. You have a problem with something going on in the store. You go tell a regular low-level associate, right? You go tell them about the problem. Or, you know, they're, you go tell them they don't do nothing to help you, right? Nothing to help you. Are you going to keep blaming the low-level employees that are literally just the scapegoats for the company and the shit that the actual company's getting away with? Or are you going to go above them? Are you going to go to the fucking Walmart, you know, the owners of the store, the, the directors of the store, and if they won't help you, aren't you going to keep going up the ladder and, and next thing you know you're writing a fucking letter to Sam Walton and his family? What the fuck is going on with your stores, right? Right? 
You're not going to keep blaming the fucking low-level associates. They're just there, mouth-breathing, trying to pay their bills. That's it. They don't have power. They don't have real power. The NFL is no different. But week after week after week after fucking year after year after year, I got to read this shit about, oh, did the referees miss this call? Did the referees cause the 49ers or whoever team to lose? Referee this, referee that, poor officiating, poor officiating. That's a term they want to put in goddamn every fucking article about the NBA and the, and the NFL. Poor officiating. Did poor officiating cause the Kings to lose the Western Conference Finals? No, it's the fucking NBA scripting it so that the goddamn Lakers would move on because they know the Lakers are their fucking moneymaker. This is why the old fucking... Head honcho, the commissioner, the commissioner of the NBA, even went on record at some point and was like, if it was up to me, I would have it be the Lakers and the Celtics every year. Or he didn't even say that. He said, I would have the Lakers play against the Lakers. <laughs> Hello? He said that because he knows that's his moneymaker. And just like with every other sport, there are teams, there are players, <coughs> Patrick Mahomes, <coughs> that the NFL realizes is their moneymaker. It used to be Tom Brady. At one point, it was Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers is too much of a real motherfucker to where now they don't give a fuck about Aaron Rodgers the way they used to. They, all these sports, they're all looking for their moneymakers. And once they identify who that moneymaker is, they could have the most average fucking team in the league. And they're still going to find a way to get to the big game year after year after year. And it's not fairly. It's because they're fucking rigging and scripting these storylines that allows them to get into these big positions, big games, so that we could fucking talk about Taylor Swift's pancake flat fucking ironing board ass for two straight weeks. Weeks leading to the Super Bowl. Ugh, I'm a fucking vomit. And the country with the presidency, same exact fucking thing. You think any of us really want Donald Trump to be president? I voted for Trump four fucking years ago. I voted for him. And it wasn't because I thought the dude was great. It was because I thought he was slightly better than Joe Biden. And I'm sure there's plenty of people that have voted for Joe Biden and after he won, you know, after he allegedly won the fucking voting, probably were like, damn, I kind of wish I didn't vote for this guy. He's not doing what he said he was going to do. This guy's so gone with his dementia, I kind of probably shouldn't have voted for him. I feel the same way. I'm pretty much down the middle. The right makes a lot of points where it's like, damn, they're actually right about that. No pun intended on right. Then there's the left side. They make arguments. I'm like, damn, they actually have good points, very good points. But sadly, 98% of the people that live in fucking America and the world in general are mouth-breathing fucking morons that are tribal, just like Joe Rogan says, and they want to pick a side. And when they pick that side, they're going to ride with it and fucking only ride with that side, most of them for their whole lives. I wonder how many people have gone from voting left one year or one uh, fucking term and how many people have then turned around and the next time around were like, actually, this time the right is making more points. I'm going to ride with the right. I would say that maybe only 2% of Americans have done that. I haven't done the research. I'm just throwing some shit out there, little some, some hypotenuses with it, right? 
but I feel I'm pretty confident that that's probably accurate. It's probably less than 10% of people have voted both sides at one point. Oh, one one term, I'm going to go left. The other term, I'm going to go right. Instead, they're so fucking caught up in all the dumb shit that they can't realize that sometimes they're both right. Sometimes they're both wrong. Sometimes one side's right and the other side's right at the same time. Instead, people are at fucking war with each other. Oh, fucking Dementia Donnie. I can't get on Reddit without seeing another fucking post about Dementia Donnie. And then in the next post, it's like, Biden falling off a bike, wearing a diaper. Who's changing his diapers? It's fucking retarded as fuck. It's retarded as fuck. I'm not even all that intelligent. I don't have a college degree. I just learn as I go. I'm not the smartest person in the world. I'm sure you could tell that just by listening to my podcast. But at least I'm smart enough to know that one year, a Ford truck. You might want to go buy a Ford truck because at the time, they're the best fucking truck. But that doesn't mean 10 years down the road that a, that a Chevy or a Dodge isn't better than a Ford. You got these people that are like, I only buy Ford trucks. I only buy Chevy trucks. Yeah, you guys are fucking morons, bro. Morons. And this can be seen in all aspects of our lives. Even in gaming. Oh, the Xbox is the best. Fuck PlayStation. Oh, the PlayStation's way better. Fuck the Nintendo Switch. It's like, no, man, depending on what you want to do, one might be better than the other sometimes. Doesn't mean that for 40 straight years as a gamer, you only go one direction, fucking weirdo. Ugh. Scapegoats. They put these big, big businesses that capitalize on scripting shit, they put these scapegoats in play so that we can blame it on poor officiating. No, fuck that. My fucking red dot on my triple fucking, on my damn near, you know, my, my 50 cal rifle, I'm pointing at the top. I'm pointing it at the elitists that are fucking making it seem like it's on the president. I'm pointing at the NFL and their fucking commissioner and all the fucking shareholders of the NFL in Vegas. Fucking put an NFL team out in Vegas and then try to tell me it's not scripted. Get the fuck out of here. Ah, oh, shit. Keep burping. That's what happens when I eat Pepsi for breakfast. DraftKings? Get the fuck out of here. Ever since fantasy football came around, they're just shoving DraftKings down our face every fucking day. All these podcasts that talk about the NFL, they're all sponsored by DraftKings. Hey, folks, don't got a lot of money? Fucking broke? Barely hanging on? Barely feeling like you can't survive? Or that you can survive? Can't feel like feel like you can't get ahead in life? Bust out your fucking wallets and go download DraftKings and let us fuck you in your ass more than you're already getting fucked in your ass. DraftKings. Fucking people in their ass since the day it came out. Fuck out of here. Betting on NFL games. I'll never fucking bet on an NFL game unless it's with a friend. You know, let's do 100 bucks on this scripted-ass league, and I'm hoping my team is scripted in favor of your team. Fuck out of here, Vegas. And then people try to tell me shit like, why would NFL players, if they knew it was scripted, why would they spend their whole lives busting their ass to get it to the NFL just for it to not be fair competition? Uh, hello? They make fucking hundreds of millions of dollars? 
just like the actors and actresses in Hollywood. They're not playing a real person. They're going and they're pretending to be someone they're not and they're going home and laughing their way to their big beautiful fucking mansion and all the millions of dollars they got in the fucking bank. NFL's no different. Why wouldn't you bust your ass off to get to the NFL if you know you're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars? Here goes my dog in the background. Reggie's always got to tap in. Reggie, you having a bad dream? He probably hears me going crazy, and now he's in his dream, like, fucking thinking I'm chasing him with a fucking bat or some shit. Reggie, chill out, brother. Don't make me pause this shit right now. We're looking at the wrong things. We're looking at <laughs> smoke screens. Again, smoke screens. You can lead a fucking horse to water, but you can't force that motherfucker to drink. So if he's going to die of dehydration, Dennis Sanders, just let him fucking die of dehydration. The NFL is fucking scripted. The NBA is scripted. MLB is scripted. I don't fuck with hockey, but I could guarantee it's scripted. I don't fuck with NASCAR, but I guarantee it's scripted. This is why instead of allowing these dudes to build the most powerful engine ever, they got to put restrictor plates on the car to make these races close because they know they're going to lose money if one car beats another car by fucking 20 miles, right? It used to be that in NASCAR, they didn't have these restrictor plates in place that caused these cars to fucking all run very similar, similar lap times regardless of how good the driver is. So now, every fucking race seems super duper close. Ooh, they're all just a car length ahead of each... Fuck out of here, bro. Horse racing? Scripted. Everything you can fucking bet on. If Vegas is tied to it, I promise you, that shit is manipulated. It's all fucking manipulated. If you can bet on it, you could bet your ass that shit is manipulated because there are people in play that fucking find out little quote-unquote secrets, secrets of who they should bet for and they're capitalizing and making millions of dollars while you, mouth-breathing fucking moron, are wasting half your paycheck on some dumb shit and then you have to sit there and all week long, be like, oh, fucking terrible officiating. Hey, Jerry, standing at the fucking water cooler at some job you don't even give a fuck about. Hey, Jerry, you see that football game? You see how they were holding us all in the first half? Fucking terrible official. This last fucking Super Bowl, just a week ago, or however long, two weeks ago now, almost something like that. That Super Bowl, there was a referee by the name of Bill Vivinet, whatever the fuck his last name is. This asshole is the same referee that refed the last Super Bowl the Niners were in with the Chiefs when just like this Super Bowl we just lost, oh, Patrick Mahomes couldn't do anything for two, three quarters, literally running around, fucking getting chased around by the 49ers' insane defensive line. Wouldn't call shit in the second half. In the second half, there was not a single hold. Actually, in the whole fucking game. The whole game, not a single hold call. Go on Google. If you want to sit here and question me and tell me I'm fucking cap, I'm lying, whatever, the, I'm crazy, get on Google and type all the holding calls missed in Super Bowl 49ers versus Chiefs. Oh, right away, blatant missed calls in Super Bowl. There's video after video after video, and it's getting to the point where even NFL sp uh, players are starting to speak up on it. 
There's a video on YouTube that says Javon Hargrave. They don't call holding. Talking about the 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. They don't call it. Even Kyle Shanahan, 49ers head coach, even he's talking about it. But they have to sit here and do their best to tiptoe around the real problem because, again, the NFL does everything they can to shut this shit down and squelch these players that are disgruntled about the bullshit going on. Uh, I'm so tired of sports. Fucking sports. It's not even sports, it's entertainment. Again, it's no different than fucking Hulk Hogan and fucking Macho Man and ooh, who's gonna win? It's scripted. They bust their ass to get there. These guys are freak super athletes, but at the end of the day, the outcome is scripted. And if you're someone who feels like it's scripted and you just decide, I know it's scripted, but I don't give a fuck, I still enjoy it, then more power to you. But for me personally, it's so hard for me to rock with these goddamn sports when there's just one fucking thing after another and it's like, bro, what the fuck? I'm a Sacramento Kings fan. I have been my whole life. The Sacramento Kings don't bring a lot of money to the NBA. They're never going to win an NBA title. It's 2024. I've been rocking with the Kings for nearly 40 goddamn years. They'll get close once in a while, every two decades. But let's be honest, they're not the Lakers, they're not the Celtics. They're a fucking small farm town kind of team. And for those of you out there that have fans in sports or that you're a fan of a sport team that's kind of similar to the Kings, where you feel like, fuck, man, why can't we ever win? No matter how good our team is, I just feel like we're never going to win. It's because you're right. Your team is never going to win. 49ers have lost three Super Bowls in a row. Three in a row. And you can go watch each one of those games and you could find a dozen or more things that where flags weren't thrown or they were getting f flags thrown against the Niners. And you're just like, what the fuck? Every single one. Now, you could also say the 49ers made some mistakes, right? I don't buy none of it. I feel like those mistakes are scripted. How is it that for two quarters, three quarters, Brock Purdy is lacing the most beautiful fucking dimes, so fucking perfect, and then out of nowhere for a quarter and a half, he just, what, he, is he retarded now? now? Now he can't complete a pass? Now he doesn't have the soft touch that he had for the first two, three quarters? Get the fuck out of here, bro. These guys are so fucking good. To get to the NFL, you have to be so fucking talented, so fucking good at your job. You're not just going to go two quarters throwing the most perfect, beautiful dots and then just out of nowhere you're fucking throwing like you're a high school quarterback. Get the fuck out of here, dude. These guys are so fucking accurate. If you've ever been to a fucking Harlem Globetrotters event, these guys are not even NFL players. And if you go watch the Harlem Globetrotters, the shit that they pull off will blow your fucking mind. And they're able to pull that shit off because they got tens and tens of thousands of hours to their craft. When you know how something to do when you know how to do something and you are fucking beyond excellent at doing it, 
You don't just suddenly forget how to do it. Brock Purdy doesn't just throw dots and then out of nowhere, oh, he now he just can't complete a pass. Now he's throwing duck birds, fucking wobbly-ass footballs all around the field. Fuck out of here. That shit doesn't happen. NBA players that could fucking... Uh, <laughs> I hate this shit. Fuck sports, bro. It's all just literally bullshit so that the fucking elitists can bet on these teams that they already know that are predetermined. Vegas has the Niners at plus two. Vegas, Taylor Swift. Oh, poor officiating. Poor, oh, it's just bad officiating. Fuck out of here. The NFL's trash. I'm fucking done throwing energy at this shit anymore. I'm done with it. I've always wondered why older people don't fuck with sports. And I think it's because it takes you 10, 20, sometimes longer to realize that it's all just a goddamn sham. Oh, your team is up by 24 points, are you? Oh, fourth quarter is just coming around. Your team's up 24, are they? Oh, your team's defense has been shutting out the other team all fucking game, have they? And then watch that game get fucking tied up at the end of the game. And they're going to make it all about, how miraculous was this? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fuck out of here. You'll have a team shut out another team the way the Niners shut out the fucking Chiefs in the first half, basically. They only had one field goal at halftime, you guys. One field goal. Our fucking defense could not be fucking stopped. But somehow they forget how to do their job in the second half. Oh, now you have Fred Warner, one of the best, if not the best, middle linebacker in all of football. And, and if you go look up a play where Fred Warner and fucking Patrick Mahomes runs for 30-something yards in the fourth quarter when it matters more than ever. Actually, I think it was in overtime. I can't remember now. There is a play that was going to determine whether the 49ers win or lose that Super Bowl, and Patrick Mahomes takes off to run with the ball, right? And as he's taken off to run the ball, not only does Nick Boza get held, just like the Super Bowl from four years ago, blatant fucking holding, they don't call that. Nope, not for the Niners, they don't. Not when it was scripted in Patrick Mahomes' favor to win the fucking game. And Patrick Mahomes takes off to run the ball, and you see Fred Warner, literally best fucking middle linebacker in the whole fucking NFL, stand there and watch his Patrick Mahomes run right on by him. Fred Warner is a ridiculous athlete, super freak fucking athlete. And he's going to watch Patrick Mahomes and his beer belly titty having ass run right on by him. Doesn't even attempt to tackle the guy. Gee, that's weird. Isn't it the Super Bowl? Don't you guys play and bust your ass off your whole life for this moment? And you're going to watch this motherfucker skip right on by you like a fucking seven-year-old girl skipping down the street, and you're not even going to attempt to fucking tackle that guy. I wonder why. That's weird. I don't think every player is in on it. I don't think they all know for sure that it's scripted. But I think these quote-unquote captains, they're given the script. They know what's up. In the fourth quarter, Niners are up by seven points. They're driving with the football. They can go up two scores. The camera from TV 
pans over to Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench. Big O smile on his face. Happy-go-lucky. Wouldn't that seem like a stressful situation? You're a quarterback. Your team is down by seven. It's in the Super Bowl. You're wanting to win this game. Shouldn't you be a little bit nervous and anxious that the team is beating you by seven and they're driving with the football? Shouldn't that make you a little nervous? I wouldn't smile in that situation. I'll tell you why. The script, the rig, it was already in play. Meanwhile, they pan to the 49ers side. 49ers are up seven points in the fourth quarter before the game even went to overtime. And you see every 49er player, shoulders hunched over, like they were just told, hey guys, sorry, the script is in. They want us to lose this game. Pat, uh, fucking Brock Purdy, looking like he's going to cry. Fucking Brandon Ayuk looking pissed off as all hell on the bench. When we're up by seven. Read between the fucking lines, people. Wake the fuck up. I'm tired of dragging your dumb asses to this fucking water bin over here. <laughs> water bin. I was trying to say well. I was trying to think of well, but for some reason my mind's just like, I'm, ugh, you could tell I'm frustrated. And I'm not just frustrated about football. I'm frustrated with how my ex-employers have been fucking me over for seven months straight. I'm frustrated with my father. I'm frustrated with all kinds of shit going on in my life right now. <sighs> and the NFL is just a little icing on the cake, right? And I've always noticed that whenever my life is in shambles, my football team always has an outstanding year. But whenever I'm doing well financially and I'm more happy-go-lucky, oh, that's when my team just so happens to be 2-15 and 15 and their season is done two weeks after it starts. Fucking kind of, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? A little too ironic. Yeah, because our fucking lives are all simulated. And whoever's playing my character fucking sucks. They need to set the controller down already. Or fucking go into the console and type F fucking 12 suicide. Just get it over with already. Jesus Christ. One second. I gotta piss like a fucking dolphin in heat. Alright, I'm back. And the crazy thing is, after just talking all that shit about the fucking Taylor Swift shit, I was, after I used the restroom, I stepped outside real quick. You know, stogie calling yet again, old nicotine having ass. And I open up my phone, I click on Reddit, and the very fucking top thing is, who is it about? Oh, Travis and fucking Taylor. And look at this cute fucking video of them hanging out at some concert in Sydney, Australia. Thank God you could mute conversations or like mute Reddit pages or whatever the fuck they're called. So yeah, I definitely went and muted that shit. Hopefully I never hear nothing about that anymore. And uh, I just wanted to say I don't actually have a fucking problem with Taylor Swift. I really don't. I have a problem with the NFL putting her on blast for months, six straight months of shoving this broad down my throat. I can't fucking take it anymore. I don't care about fucking Taylor Swift. I don't give a shit. I will never go out of my way to look this woman up. Honestly, I don't even think I've ever heard one of her songs, ever, like literally ever. 
I think I kind of remember her being on American Idol way back in the day because my ex-wife and I used to watch that dog shit years ago. But at the end of the day, I have no ill will for her. I don't give a shit. I just can't stand that the NFL fucking keeps throwing her in our faces every fucking day. Like in the Super Bowl, going back to the Super Bowl for a second, they showed... Taylor Swift more than anybody else like every time the Chiefs did anything remotely good we gotta see how the fucking Taylor Swift is reacting who fucking cares meanwhile there's actual NFL legends at the game Joe Montana Jerry Rice fucking dozens of just like Hall of Fame athletes right and they only show them for fucking a half second in the beginning of the game and that's it but we give a fuck about, oh my, I don't even like saying her name anymore. Move on, Dennis Sanders. Fucking just move on already. Uh, wanted to talk about, um, you know, I kind of mentioned I'm irritated with my, my with my father, my fucking Farjard, as my fucking stomach continues to just growl like crazy. I was just outside for 10 minutes. Not once did my stomach growl, but as soon as I sit down and start talking... Old fucking Jabba the Hutt have an ass over here. Bleh. I need to eat. I need to eat. I need to eat something. But still have some things to talk about. I'm going to push this episode. I don't know how much longer. Maybe about a half an hour. But I'm definitely going to go over the typical hour that I usually do. And it's because I took so long to do a new episode. Um, but yeah, earlier I mentioned that I've been having a crazy last couple weeks and irritated with my, my, my ex-employer, irritating with my pops and all this kind of shit. So let me give you guys a little insight on my life. Hopefully I don't share too much private information, but fuck it. It's my podcast, right? I could talk about what the fuck I want to talk about. But anyways, I grew up, as I've mentioned in older episodes, I grew up with my grandmother. At six months of age, I was taken away from my biological mother and they had like a big old court case or whatever, all this dog shit, right? And my grandmother ends up adopting me. I was raised with her for the, from the time I was six months old until I moved out at like 17 and a half, just under 18 years old was when I, when I moved out and got my first roommate, with, which at the time was my Uncle Danny. So since I was raised by my grandparents, my uncles and aunts were kind of more like brothers and sisters because, you know, when I was really young, obviously they were still in the house. My uncle Dan is 14 years older than me. So by the time I was like, fuck, like four or five years old, he ended up going into the Marine Corps. But him and I have always stayed pretty close. We've had our battles. We've had our issues like most brothers will have throughout their lives. You know, not everything's always peachy, especially when you love someone. When you love someone, you have to understand that there's going to be bad times regardless. This ain't a fucking Disney movie. You know what I mean? Just because you love someone and you, and you care for them doesn't mean that everything's going to be fucking peachy. But anyways, raised by my grandmother, and when I was younger... When I started getting to the age where I started asking questions, I don't know, maybe like 10, 11 years old, maybe even younger, you know, who's my dad? How come I don't know my dad? I would always just be told, oh, your dad was this, your dad was that, you know, like just fucking being sold on all kinds of bullshit about who my father was. 
and my grandma would always kind of talk some shit like he was a stoner he used drugs and by drugs he smoked marijuana you know what i mean haha ha, big fucking deal it's just fucking weed grandma honestly your ass could have used some to be honest with you even to this day she should hit a fucking joint once in a while um Actually, I've stopped smoking. It's been fucking a couple months, a few months now. I haven't touched weed at all. It's probably why I sound so fucking manic. I could probably use it a little bit these days, but I'm proud of myself. I don't want to smoke anymore. I don't have the money to fucking smoke anymore. Lord knows I've spent well over 100000 Probably I've done the math. I've probably spent $150,000 on weed in my life, and I've been poor most of my life, so it's like, why are you spending all this money on weed, you fucking moron? My whole, my whole career making music was literally just me being stoned, just always lit, right? And I, I finally have been getting to the point where I started realizing that even though there are some pros to, to smoking marijuana, I started realizing that the cons were outweighing the pros and long story short, decided to fucking shake it. Shake it for good. For good. Maybe not forever, but forever if I stay broke the rest of my life. That shit is getting so expensive, man. But anyways, my grandmother raised me, made it seem like my dad was some fucking asshole loser, right? Stoner, this and that. My father was only 19 when I was born. And my mom at the time was only 16, or she was pregnant with me at 16, and she had me right after her 17th birthday, which, let's save that for another story, right? That's statutory rape. What the fuck is wrong with you, you fucking loser, right? But anyways, when I got to be about, what, how old was I, like 22, 23 years old, I was working with a call center called Waste Management, and if you don't know what waste management is, it's just a fucking garbage can service that fucking operates in most of the U.S., right? And what I had always heard from my mother, not my grandmother that raised me, but my actual biological mother, she told me that your daughter's, or that your son's, <laughs> can you fucking talk, Dennis Sanders? Not my fucking daughter, not my none of that. She told me my father's name was bleh. And I'm not going to say his name because that's a little bit too private. So, and she told me this at a young age. So growing up, I knew that my father's name was Bleh. Didn't really know what his last name was, just knew that his name was Bleh. So I was always curious. And as I got to be an adult, and she also told me not only is his name Bleh, but she would tell me that she believed he lived in Chico. And Chico is a town, you know, maybe only about two, three hours away from Sacramento where I grew up. But she always told me that she believes that he's still living in Chico. So when I got into my early 20s and I landed this job at this call center where I was helping customers over the phone with like ordering dumpster bins, you know, when they're moving and they got to order these huge dumpster bin kind of deal or some boomer lady her trash didn't get picked up that week so she'd call in a bitch and then i'd schedule a pickup kind of deal and waste management had a pretty fucking in-depth system for all their customers it was as simple as if you just knew someone's name you could just type it in hit enter and then boom you can fucking track people know exactly where they live this kind of shit right so one day while working there, I decided to type in bleh and then his last name. 
As I got older, my mother told me what his last name was. So with that information, just first and last name, I hopped in our little system and I fucking typed in bleh, bleh, hit enter. And to my surprise, even though his name is like, you know, it's not super rare, but it's also not very common. It's like his name's Mike or Robert, you know what I mean? Typed in his name, hit enter, and I think only two accounts popped up. One was under his full name, bleh, bleh, and then another one was just someone that it seemed like that wasn't really it. And the one that had his name, bleh, bleh, was in fucking Chico. Or I believe it was Chico. Or If it wasn't Chico, it was like right outside of Chico, right? And the phone number's sitting there. And I'm thinking like, oh shit, this might be my father. This might be my father's fucking phone number right here. So, jotted the number down, went home, and it was either that night or the following night, I worked up the courage to give bleh, my father, a call. And I called him. I didn't, he didn't answer. Instead, it was some lady, sounded like an older lady, and she's like, hi, this is the bleh, bleh, residence, leave your name. And then I think she ended up answering the phone, like halfway through me leaving a message. And when she answered, I said, hey, do you know anyone by the name of bleh, bleh? And she's like, oh, yeah, who, who's this? And I'm like, well, my name is Dennis, and honestly, I think bleh, bleh might be my father. And she was a little shocked by that, you know. I told her that I lived in Sacramento. And long story short, she told me that she would take down my phone number and she would have bleh give me a phone call, right? So I hung up with her, kind of excited, like, oh my goodness, I might finally get to talk to my father and figure out who this guy is and what he's all about, right? And it was later on, either that evening or the following day, I got a random number calling my cell phone. At the time, I kind of already forgot about leaving the message with, you know, the lady I left the message with, but I just decided I'm going to answer this. Usually I don't answer random numbers, and I answered, and he's like, hey, this is bleh, and I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? To make this not turn into a fucking four-hour conversation, to my surprise, not only did he not deny me, he's like, I've known about you since you were born. How are you doing? And it was honestly amazing. We had a fucking, it was like an hour and a half long conversation. He's telling me about himself. He knew about my grandmother. Um, and the fact that he knew my grandmother's name and some details about where we were living at the time when I was born, it made it obvious that this very well could be, most likely is, my father, right? So, he was still living around the Chico area, and I told him, I'm up here living in Citrus Heights, which is this area of Sacramento, like in a suburb of Sacramento or whatever, and he said he would like to meet at some point. So I was like, yeah, man, we should meet. This is, this is great. All excited about it, right? He made a plan, we set a date, and he came out there to where I lived to meet me. We went to a restaurant. It was me, my ex-wife at the time. Um, this was even before my son was born. This was like about a year or two before my son was born. And we all go to a restaurant together, and not only did I find out 
you know, my father's information, I found out that I had not one, not two, not three, but four siblings on his side. I had three bro- I had three brothers and I have a sister that he ha- that he, you know, had with another lady or whatever. So, not only am I meeting my father for the first time, I'm meeting a brother that's only a couple years younger than me. I'm the oldest out of all of them. So, I'm meeting a brother that's a couple years younger than me. I'm meeting another brother that's a couple years younger than him. And the other brother, the middle brother, he actually didn't show up. Apparently, he wasn't comfortable with the whole thing. And to this day, 16 some odd years later, I still haven't talked to this particular brother. This brother is just like, I don't give a fuck that I got a half brother somewhere. Fuck that guy, you know, right? Like I didn't, like I ever did something wrong. You know what I mean? But uh, that's here nor there. Went out to the restaurant, had a good time chit chatting. Of course, it was kind of awkward, but it was still nice. And it was just crazy because growing up, I felt like I was the only child. I thought I always was an only child. Again, I considered my uncle like a brother, but he wasn't my actual brother. He didn't. Ha- we didn't share the same mom and dad, right? And a couple aunts of mine, they were kind of like older big sisters. But again, they're not my actual fucking sisters. They're my fucking aunts. So it was just surreal going from having no fucking... What I felt like was no family. Growing up, getting bullied in school, I couldn't run home and cry to a couple brothers to come help me whoop somebody's ass for talking shit, right? And I got bullied all the fucking time in school. All the fucking time. Not only was I a runt, super short, fucking small little skinny guy, but my grandma would never buy me any kind of clothes that were in. You know what I mean? I didn't get to pick what clothes I wore throughout school. Even in high school, she's taking me to the fucking thrift store and we're buying fucking jeans that cost 30 cents. And I still remember her saying shit like, if they're over a dollar, I'm not going to get them for you. A dollar? Really? My grandma always made it seem like we were ridiculously poor, which I always thought was strange because I know she was making decent money at Arco Arena. She was a manager of the janitorial crew out at Arco Arena, which is where the Sacramento Kings were playing before they recently moved to the Golden One Center in downtown. I've already said in previous podcasts that she was a season ticket holder because I guess you could either take X amount in your salary or you could take a lower amount but be able to get season tickets to every single Kings game. So growing up, I was blessed in that regard. Went to fucking a thousand or more Kings games. Got to see them in the playoffs. Fucking, it felt like three days a week or more. I was up at Arco Arena going to some event. Whether it was Kings games, concerts, fucking indoor hockey, fucking indoor hockey, indoor soccer, fucking the Sharks games, like the hockey team, the Sharks, they would come down and play in Sacramento sometimes or come up rather and play and come up down. I don't know, San Jose, so it would have been down, I guess. But uh, all these events, and I loved it. It was amazing. But before I go off on a tangent about that, let me loop back around to why I'm saying all this. I meet my dad, and I'm like, this dude doesn't seem anything like what my grandma was making him out to be. Not only does he have four other kids, I believe, one, two, three, four. Yeah, not only does he have four other kids, 
but it seems like he's in their lives. Like they go to the gym, they ride dirt bikes, he's in a motorcycles, all this type of shit, right? So I'm thinking, why did my grandma make this guy out to be the biggest asshole ever? I'm like, fuck, this guy seems awesome. So we keep in touch. He came back out and visited again at some point. I can't remember how long it had been, maybe a year or two. And at that time, my my uh, my ex-wife was pregnant with my son. This was, uh, my son just turned 15 two days ago, by the way. Happy birthday to my little boy. But uh, came out and visited again. And uh, yeah, so I, I have known of him and I've known of my other brothers for 16 years now. In those 16 years... There's only one brother that I really keep up with. The other two, I don't know what they're doing. Either they don't give a fuck or maybe they're just busy or whatever, don't have time for nothing. So there's only one brother I keep in touch with. And I've been keeping in touch for the most part with my father since we met 16 years ago. I was, again, like 24 years old, roughly, something right around there. And, uh, you know, with him being a few hours away... It's not very easy to just get down there and visit as often as I would like, you know, especially when I'm working full time. I got a new boy, my my firstborn and my only born thus far. And uh, I never really got the chance to get to know him the way I've wanted to get to know him. And this kind of brings up my point as to why I'm frustrated with my father. I've had him on my Facebook um, for the last maybe year, a little bit longer. He's been friended to my Facebook. And uh, I started getting irritated with him because never would he really reach out to me and say, hey, how's it going? How you doing? How's things going with work? This kind of shit, right? Instead, all he would do is send me spam after spam fucking dumbass links to shit, all kinds of just dumb shit. And my whole thing is, if we actually talked, you know, built a relationship, and you want to share some of your dumbass spam with me, then it's like, okay, I get it. I get that. I don't like spam. I don't like when people are throwing me fucking links all the time. But the fact that he's throwing me links and never reaching out to ask how my son's doing never reaching out to see how I'm doing, this kind of thing. I finally got to the point where a couple days ago I decided to say something to him. And of course, on that particular day, I was I was not having a good day by any means. I was already irritated with just other shit going on in my life right now. So it probably was not the best time to reach out to him on this. And I knew that, but I'm finally like, bro, I got to say something because... You know, always being taught to be honest. Be honest. Be honest with people. The number one thing, Dennis, is you need to be honest with people. And all I've learned in my life is that being honest with people is probably the worst fucking thing you could do. I have lost so many friends, so many family members I used to be close with because I'm fucking honest. I'm so honest, it's like a fault where, like, people hate me for it. And it's fucking crazy. But, uh... You know, I was scrolling up through the messages that he sent me in the last, I don't know, six months or so. And every single message, every last message was just, 
I'm dumping this YouTube video on you. I'm dumping this Bible fucking verse on you. I'm dumping this random Christian song on you. I'm dumping all this other dog shit on you. I'm sending you some photo where he's making some dumbass face in the photo. And I'm like, is this guy trolling me? This dude doesn't call me and ask me how I'm doing. He doesn't nothing. Like, why the fuck is he just sending me spam? And that's it. Fucking A. So I finally decided to message him a couple days ago. And I knew that what I was about to say to him was probably going to offend him. Not intentionally, not because I want to offend him, not because I'm trying to be rude, but I just know how people are. They'll do all this weird shit, and then as soon as you call them out for it, somehow you're the bad guy for calling them out for it, right? So I messaged him. And I even said in the beginning of the message, hey, I just need to say something to you real quick. I'm not reading the actual message. I'm just kind of going off of memory. But I said, hey, I need to say something to you real quick. I don't really care to see all the spam you're saying. And before I even said that, I was like, I don't want to seem rude. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not trying to annoy you with anything I'm about to say. But I feel like I need to make this point. So I said to him essentially what I just said to you guys right now. I said, you never message me to ask how I'm doing. You never check in on me. You don't share with me your interests or communicate things that you're into. None of this shit. Why are you sending me all this spam? You send me junk. Um, like if you were to scroll up in our message feed, you will realize that the points I'm making right now are very much accurate. All you do is send me crap. I don't want to see this crap. And then essentially wrapped it up with like, please, just don't send me this stuff. If you want to message me and ask me how I'm doing or tell me how you're doing, I would absolutely love that. Because even though I come across as an asshole, I have fucking heart. I will listen to whatever pain, whatever struggles, whatever happiness, whatever the fuck you're dealing with, I will hear you out and I will engage in conversation with you. That's what I want. That's what I've wanted from the day I decided to reach out to him while working with that waste management company. I wanted to have a father in my life, someone I could share details with, my secrets with, someone I could ask for advice once in a while. You know, this kind of stuff. Average father-son relationship, right? taking a little sip of my soda here and sure enough when I sent him that message even though I pointed it out very clearly hey I do not want to offend you I am not trying to step on toes I don't want to sound like I'm rude I ended up closing Facebook right away and I said to my old lady I'm like fuck and she's like, what? I'm like, I already know he's going to take this the wrong way. Of course he is. And I don't even want to see his response because it's just going to get me fired up. I was already on edge, kind of annoyed with other shit that had nothing to do with him. And because of that, I closed Facebook. I'm like, fuck it. If he does respond to this, I don't want to read it right now. I'm going to wait until tomorrow or whenever I get on Facebook again. So I went ahead and closed Facebook. It was kind of getting late in the evening anyways. Ended up doing some other shit. And then the next day, which was yesterday, I believe it was, or the day before yesterday, I get on Facebook and I see that he's messaged me back. And in his message, 
All he said to me was, okay, have a good rest of your night. <laughs> I just dumped out paragraph, like a, at least a few paragraphs to this guy, letting him know, like, please just don't send me the junk. Communicate with me. Let's build our relationship. I want to get to know you. I would like to hope or think or believe that you want to get to know me. I am all down for conversation, but please just don't send me this junk anymore. I'm tired of going several days, a week or so without hearing from him. I see a little red bubble ding pop up that he's messaged me. And then I'm like, oh, what did he have to say? What? Oh, just spam again. Oh, just dumbass links for shit that ain't got shit to do with me. Don't have shit to do with him. Why the fuck do I want to see this shit? I don't. So, you know, I got annoyed. And, uh... Yeah, I got annoyed and ended up messaging him yesterday, and I'm just like, or fuck, what did I say to him? I was just like, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like, you won't, you won't give me any information about yourself. I was like, and then he tried to act like, Ugh. long story short, I get on YouTube, I get on a couple websites, and I just grab like 20 random ass links, right? And I said to him, imagine if I was doing this to you. And then right after I typed that in, I could see he's reading it, that he's actually actively online and reading it. And then boom, copy, paste, boom, copy, paste, boom, copy, paste. Sent him like 20 links in a row. And I'm like, imagine if I was doing that to you. Imagine if you're just wanting to hear from me and build a relationship with me. And instead of doing that, I'm just forwarding you a bunch of dog shit. And then he's just like, why are you being rude? You're being very disrespectful. And I fucking lost it. I fucking lost it. I went off on his ass. I went off on him tough. I'm disrespectful. Me? The one that went out of my way to fucking reach out to you could have lost my job at Waste Management, would have lost my job at Waste Management had they actually found out that I was searching people like that. And it's not like I'm searching everyone. I just decided to look up and see if I could find my father, right? But I'm the disrespectful one that not one time in my life from the time I was fucking born all the way up to 24 years of age, not one fucking time, not once, did you ever show up? Was there ever a letter? Was there ever a fucking email, fax, smoke signal, fucking anything? Nothing. No Christmas cards, no Christmas birthdays, none of this shit. Nothing, ever. I'm the disrespectful one. And I decided to tell him my two cents. I'm like, you made it seem like the only reason you weren't in my life and that you didn't come around was because my grandmother was fucking crazy. And one thing I will admit, my grandmother was crazy. But the thing is, I don't give a fuck how crazy that anyone around my son is. Nobody's going to prevent me from communicating with my son. Nobody. Not a single person on this earth is going to prevent me from seeing my fucking child. So for you to sit here and make excuses about, she's crazy. Fuck out of here fuck out of here. I'm not trying to hear it. Not only that, I first reached out to your ass 16 years ago, and here we are 16 fucking years later. You don't ask me how I'm doing. You don't check up on me. You don't fucking 
educate me about who you are. You don't fucking build relationship with me. You don't really call and say shit to me. Nothing. Nothing. All you do is send me fucking spam and a bunch of dumb shit on Facebook that I could fucking care less about. So yeah, I shit on them. And I and when I did shit on them, I blocked them. Felt good, honestly, to finally get that off my chest. My whole fucking life wondering where my father is. Why I don't have a father in my life despite finding out that he only lives a couple hours away. He's a father to four other kids, maybe five, I don't know, something like that. And not once does he communicate with me, but I'm the disrespectful one. I'm the one that's rude. Fuck out of here. And not only that, not only that, I have always been anti-religious because of the shit and the abuse that I suffered at the hands of Christians, quote-unquote Christians, when I was a kid, right? And because of that, I held on to a grudge for anything or anyone that was trying to throw fucking religion, shove that shit up my butt and down my throat, right? Have always been pretty anti-religious. I'm not going to say that I'm fucking an atheist, or an atheist, rather, not fucking an atheist. <laughs> Probably have fucked many atheists, honestly. But um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I for sure don't believe that a god could be real or none of that. But the idea of church, the idea of that whole shit, I pulled away from it hard my whole life. And in the last year or two, I even went on the, I even talked about this in my last episode. In the last year or two, I've been starting to kind of open up more towards the idea of religion. I kind of, as I mature, I've come to the realization that there are assholes in all walks of life, whether they're Christians, Muslims, or just atheists, who cares? No matter who you are, there are fucking assholes in every walk of life. So why are you, Dennis Sanders, going to sit here and pretend like all religious people are fucked, right? So I started opening up to the idea of religion, actually have been in touch with a church out here and some people that go to the church up here where I live in Idaho. And since my father is always thumping me with this Bible shit on Facebook, again, not saying anything about it, just throwing me links that, oh, the fucking world is going to end and thank God I have Jesus and just dumbass memes, right? Shit that I'm not trying to see. People need to get right with their God and all this shit. If you feel that way, if you really feel like the world's coming to an end, just fucking end it already. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? No one gives a fuck about your religious-ass memes on Facebook. It's corny. It's ridiculous. It's bullshit. And if it's not bullshit, then damn it, God, smite me right now. Fucking shut my computer off right this second. Prove me wrong. Oh, you can't? I can't. You mean I could just keep recording this? I'm not wishing any harm upon me. I'm just fucking saying. Never once, never once reached out to say, hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, you hanging in there? Hey, blah, blah, blah. Nothing, nothing, never. Spam. That's all it is. And here's the thing that pisses me off. I reached out to him about a month ago, and I told him, Hey, I just thought maybe you'd like to hear this because I know you're all into the Christian faith and all this. 
there is a church that I've been speaking with out here, and I've been thinking about going to church. I just wanted to see what he would say, what his opinions would be, right? And instead of being happy for me, he starts dogging the church that I decided to look into. What's the name of the church you're going to? I'm like, I don't know. It's something, something, something. I looked it up on Google, gave him the information because it's one right over here around the corner from where I live, right? But since it doesn't fit his exact beliefs, his exact narratives, his exact thoughts on who a God is, instead of just being happy for me that I was looking into just, you know, trying to surround myself with more positive people, this kind of thing, he starts dogging this church that I picked. He's like, those people are wolves and sh are fucking uh, wolves in sheep's clothing is what he actually said word for word. Those people are this. I would never be around those people and this type of shit. And I was so taken back by that. I'm like, I thought Christians were supposed to be like forgiving and accepting of all walks of life. You claim you're a fucking devout Christian and you're literally chopping me down and acting like I would never hang out with those people. They're fucking liars. But this is the Bible that you should be reading. This is the one that's true 100%. You don't know that it's true, motherfucker. I'm so tired of people. And literally, he is a motherfucker, right? He fucked my mom. That's how I'm here. So <laughs> no pun intended on that one, though. But you don't know what the fuck is 100% true and what's not. You have faith. But who's to say that I don't have faith in something that I feel is true? And I would never fucking dog you for that shit. I would never fucking say, oh, your fucking faith is a lie. Mine's the one that's right. So honestly, this was a long time coming. Me blowing up on him yesterday or the day before yesterday, it's been a long time coming. A long fucking time coming. Basically told him, bro, you ain't tried to be in my life, my whole fucking life. I am fucking ten times more of a man than you are. Fucking leaving me behind, acting like I don't fucking matter. Fuck out of here, bro. I've been dealing with my own fucking demons, all this abuse, all this chaos, all this suffering, my whole motherfucking life. All I've ever wanted was for someone to love me for who I am. And so far in my life, there's only been maybe two people that have done that. My lady that I've been with for the last 10 years, almost 11 years now. And my homie AJ that unfortunately committed suicide back in 2017 because he was dealing with his own demons. That's it. Nobody else. Everyone else, they got hidden agendas, they got fucking all these bullshit narratives, they'll fucking lie to your face, their actions prove louder than words that they are not who they fucking claim to be. And I'm reaching out, needing a father, needing someone I could communicate with, and you want to just throw me spam fucking bullshit and talk shit about the one fucking church that I decided to look at, well I'm sorry they don't fucking agree... Fuck out of here, dude. I didn't get into this shit to be a fucking tribe and say one side's right, the other side's wrong. It goes right back into what I was talking about earlier with sports. Oh, Fords are better. Fuck a Chevy. Oh, PlayStation is the best. Fuck Xbox users. Oh, the 49ers are the best. Fuck the Chiefs. Fucking smoking mirrors. 
dumb butt-fucking-ass mouth breathers running around this planet, and I'm so sick of this shit. I'm disgusted with this shit. I can't take this shit anymore. I've been tired of this shit. Mouth-breathing-ass dumb fucks. So, yeah, blocked him on Facebook. He fucked me off for 24 straight years, and honestly, if I never reached out to his ass, I could promise you I still would have never met that motherfucker. So let's be honest. You fucked me over for my whole fucking lifetime, and now I can't voice my opinion on something that is fact without you telling me how I'm rude and disrespectful. And then he tried to message me and be like, we're done for now. After I popped off on him a little bit and started pulling his card and fucking stating facts... He couldn't deal with that shit. And he texts me saying, we're done for now. We're done for now? Fuck out of here. We've always been done, motherfucker. I only came into your fucking life to try to find out why. We're done for now. We're done for now. Fucking piece of shit. Fuck out of here. And the fucked up thing is, is my brother that I still communicate with, he's going to hear this, and he's probably going to be like, damn, bro, fuck you. You didn't have to say all that. Yes, I did, man. You go fucking 30 years of your life wishing you had a father or someone that gave a shit about you in your life. You haven't had to go through that. You've had pops your whole life. You have mom. You have several brothers. They're all involved in your life. You got an old lady that cares about you. You have a support system. All I got is shit. Motherfuckers shitting on me from the day I was fucking born. Going all the way back to when I was just an innocent child shit on so you can't understand what the fuck i'm talking about so in case you hear this and you decide oh fuck him i'm not gonna talk to him either i don't want to say good but at the same time if that's how you feel then fuck off like literally i'm fucking used to this shit one man fucking wrecking crew over here and ain't nobody ever gave a fuck about me or my opinion or who the fuck I am and all the goddamn battles I've gone through since the fucking moment I came out of our dad's dick. Period. Oh, Jesus. Good news is I've been having some, uh, I've been having some Shit going on with the, my, my, my last employer. I know you guys have heard me talk about in previous episodes that I got shit on with my old job. I got wrongfully terminated. This motherfucker came up to me and tried to fight me over a pallet jack of all fucking things, right? I said some dumb shit to him. It wasn't after he came up and got in my face like he wanted a French kiss once. It was because he did it twice in a matter of 10 minutes. No manager did anything to intervene. So yes... My ADHD ass popped off at the mouth a little bit and said some dumb shit that I shouldn't have said. However, they did not fire him. They didn't fucking fire the instigator who started this whole fucking forest fire. No, they they fired me, the person that was trying to get away from the forest fire. They decided to fire me. So lately I've been in touch with an attorney. I finally got in touch with the regional manager that runs all the fucking stores out here in the Pac Northwest and uh 
told her my story. It was the first time I was able to finally tell someone that actually matters, all the managers that have been lying to me, all the people that told me, hey, I'm eligible for rehire. I was eligible for rehire 35 days after they terminated me. Here I am a full seven months later, and if I try to apply on the website, the second I type in my social, a little prompt pops up, sorry, you are not eligible for rehire at this time. Please contact a people partner for more information. Still dealing with lies. The HR lady, lie. My boss, lie. Supervisors up there, lie, lie, lie. I got all of them on audio, lying. All of them. And soon, I'm going to line them all up. And bop, 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 boom. And I'm not talking violence. I'm talking about I'm going to hit them with so much fucking fact that there are going to be people losing their jobs. There's going to be people that are going to have to step down. There's going to be back wages. They got to put me back at the same pay I was at when they wrongfully terminated my ass to begin with. I am pushing for everything. I will... I will not shut the fuck up about this until they finally do what's right. I got absolutely fucked over in that situation, and I'm not playing games. Just because your average associate up there is so fucking dumb they don't understand their rights doesn't mean I'm that guy. I understand HIPAA laws. I understand OSHA laws. I understand how discrimination works. I have a disability with ADHD. I put that on my application. You know all about it. I understand fucking wage issues. I understand how wrongful termination cases work. I'm lining all these motherfuckers up and I got all the proof in the world to do it. So, I do have some good news on the horizon. I should not only be able to get my job back, because there's no other fucking jobs out here in this shitty-ass little town I moved up to. It's beautiful, but it's a fucking dumbass, okadoke, honky-ass town, bro. I also got another job back in January. I was hired on the 8th. It was going to be in perfect time for me to turn all this shit financially that I've been getting fucked over with. However, we're sitting here on February 24th, and I still haven't even been able to go in and work a single day yet because they're doing your background check and, and, and. Two months later, still don't have my background finished. They go through this shitty company called HireRight, Hire right, hire these nuts, motherfucker. And when I call them, they're like, oh, your background is hung up in California. They're behind out there. Fucking bullshit. Bullshit. I've had fucking quite a few jobs, and in all the jobs I've had, a background never takes longer than seven to ten business days. Never. I'm sitting here on almost two fucking months of them running my background. This is a grocery fucking store I applied for. Not the CIA. Not to be a fucking teacher for artistic children. A grocery store. I don't have a felony on any of my record. No felonies. And these motherfuckers are taking their sweet ass fucking time. Fuck out of here with that shit. Fucking pumpkin pie haircutted bitch motherfuckers. I told you, I'm going to go bad on this episode, and this is exactly why I haven't done a podcast lately, because I'm vulnerable right now, but fuck. Other good news, I reconnected with a good friend of mine. Well, not good friend. It's not like we know each other that well, but a dude that 
I used to do music with many years ago when I was living in Sacramento. He was on this song I did called Vibin', and to this day it holds up as one of the best songs I've ever done. I finally got in touch with his ass after all these years of losing communication. Turns out this guy's not only rapping, but he also fucking produces now. He sent me some beats, and hot damn. This motherfucker knows how to make beats, boy. Sent me one. I recorded a brand new song to it. It's fucking legit. It's going to be on my Spotify and all my streaming platforms like Apple Music and whatnot in the near future. So uh, for any of you that fuck with my music, be on the lookout for that. Pretty excited about it. Uh, with that said, new music is coming. Uh, I also found out how to, thanks to my homie Cody, I found out how to do some shit where I'll finally be able to stream some of my music live as I'm working on instrumentals. So when my son moves back to his mother's house, I'm going to turn his room into my podcast studio as well as my studio for making music. So that's great. I'm actually looking forward to that. Terribly sad he's moving back to his mom's, but I understand. He never really made friends out here. This kid's always sitting in his damn room all day. He's super shy. He has really good friends out where his mom lives, and he needs to be around that. He needs to be more social. He needs to be interacting more. He needs to be getting outside and playing basketball and doing the things that I know he loves doing when he's not out here. When he's out here at my house, no friends. And I can only imagine how he feels. This is why, even though I'm heartbroken that he's moving back to his mom's, at least I know that he's better off out there with the being social and whatnot and actually going out and getting some exercise instead of sitting in his room 24 hours a fucking day. Um, yeah, he'll still be coming out here in the summer. And honestly, it's better that way. This place is a fucking frozen wasteland for nine months out the year. Summer months make up for it, but sadly we only got two or three of those a year up here. And honestly, for a while now, I've been... I've been very much regretting that I moved out here. In 2017, I left Sacramento, California to move out here. And when I first moved out here, I absolutely loved it. Um, not only was it much cheaper than Sacramento, California, you don't got the gangs out here. You don't got the fucking crackheads running around and all these goddamn meth heads running around and shit. I could actually go to a gas station for years on end without some homeless tweaker walking up to me like, Hey, can I get a cigarette? Can I get fucking 48 cents? You got some change? Can you give me a ride up the street? You know, all this kind of dog shit that unfortunately comes with big city living. And uh, I loved it. When I first moved out here, I loved it. I was also saving quite a bit of money. When I moved out of California in 2017, my apartment was nearly $2,000, which, man, if you don't have a real career, that's a fucking lot of money, man. That's a lot of money to be paying to be living in a, in a city that's just riddled with fucking drama and violence and nonstop traffic and fucking all this other chaos. So I moved out of there. And when I left there, my rent again, the rent on the apartment that my lady and I were paying for, mind you, we only had a one-bedroom. We had a one-bedroom apartment that was like 1,800-something, and when it was all said and done, it was like just under two grand. And when we moved out of there and moved up this way, um, the apartment that I'm living in now, that I've now been in for fucking almost seven years, this November would make seven years. But when we first moved out here, the rent was 
only $950. So it was like I took half of my rent and was like, okay, we're going to go ahead and hang on to that, which allowed me to work my credit up. My credit had always been shit all through my teens, 20s, and early 30s. And because of having a little bit more extra money, you know, I was able to get my credit card going, was able to pay that on time every single month for several years. Next thing I know, my credit card that maxes out at 300 with Amazon shot up to 500, shot up to a thousand, shot up to a couple thousand. And now I fucking, it's like a 10 grand cat now. So was able to build my credit. I'm thankful for that. However, over the years of living up here, I'm starting to realize that because of the pandemic and so many Californians moving out this way, the place is now becoming overly populated. And unlike Sacramento, we don't have four, five, six-lane fucking highways. We got literally two-lane highways on both sides. So now the traffic is out here out of nowhere. It's starting to start, starting to see trash and shit out here. Not as bad as how it was in Sacramento, but... The rent has been fucking increasing every single year. My apartment that I live in is quite literally a dumpster fire, but mostly because they don't have the maintenance do any work. Like, if your air conditioner goes out, something major like that, they won't fix this shit for like a year. My fucking air conditioner went out towards the end of summer. Thank God it was towards the end of summer. Otherwise, I would have been fucking livid. And here we are, fucking almost March, still not fixed. We have hot water pipes that are leaking out outside 24 hours a day. I could literally take a fucking one-gallon jug, you know, an empty one-gallon jug, and fill it up with boiling hot water every, I don't know, maybe two minutes or less. That's how fast the leak is. And it's boiling, scalding hot water, just 24-7 leaking. It's been doing that for a year, a fucking year, and they won't do anything about it, nothing. Fucking light bulbs going out every two months, <sighs> electrical issues, fucking all, the neighbors are fucking noisy, nosy as fuck, and I'm a quiet person, like, I don't even make music with speakers, I haven't done that for years. I, if I make music, I got headphones on the whole time. If I'm gaming, I got headphones on the whole time. But everybody else around me in these hollow-ass walls, I can hear my neighbors fucking upstairs. It's so fucking awkward. I'm so fed up and tired of apartment living. I'm so fed up with this town I'm in. Again, it's still beautiful up here, but they're forcing all the blue-collar people the fuck out. It's just going to be rich people, and that's it. And I am not rich, that's for damn sure. If I was, I wouldn't be living in this fucking apartment complex, that's for fucking damn sure. So, because of that, and because of some recent developments with my music, I'm back in touch with a guy that, again, that I made that vibing song with, and he's been going hard with music, and we caught up quite a bit in the last couple weeks. Uh, because I got a homie out in Sacramento that shoots high-def music videos, because I miss the people I used to fuck with in Sacramento at the studio, I'm over here like lightweight contemplating going back, back to Cali, Cali. And the thing is, is I don't really want to go to Cali. I don't really want to go to Sacramento. I just miss a lot of my people. Like, 
At the time that I moved out, I felt like I didn't really have anybody out there, but after being out here for years and really not having anybody, it kind of made me realize that I took a lot of relationships for granted when I was living out there in Sacramento my whole life. Yes, I've fucked over many of them. I definitely fucked over a handful of relationships that I wish were still around. Here's looking at you, Rob Taylor uh, and Tyler LeFevre. <laughs> But yeah, the people I fucked over, it was like my, they have to understand, my best friend, my brother, commit suicide, and I was in such a dark place, like, spiritually, that I wanted to fucking die myself, like, so it's, it was hard to sit here and, you know, take the little bit of bullying and people talking shit, and I would just snap on people, just snap. So, of course, I fucked over some relationships with some good people in my life, Robert Taylor. Um, and still to this day, they don't talk to me. It's like, how do you not understand the mental state of mind? Oh, because you've never had fucking best friend brothers commit suicide. You grew up with your parents. You grew up with your family. You have brothers and sisters. Oh, that's why. You won't give me a second chance because you already, you've never gone through this shit. So you don't really know how dark and how twisted our lives and how, how fucked up our mental state can actually become when we'd endure the fucking chaos that I've endured my entire life. You know what I mean? Like, I can't, I can't take this shit, man. I do my best to try to be optimistic, but there's always something. And even then, it's like I'm trying, dude. I'm trying to work on myself. At 40 years old, I'm so much better than I was even 10 years ago. And each day that goes by, I could feel myself getting better. I mean, there's still things that irritate me, right? That's always going to be a thing, but I don't... I have more trust in people these days. I open my heart a little more to people these days. It's just sadly I don't have many people to do that with anymore. Shit, I've only fucking met one friend out here since I've moved out here. Here's looking at you, T-Money. Slim, slim Chip the Dog Master 5000. <laughs> you know who you are. Ah, good old soda. I feel like people that don't know me are like, this guy's getting hammered. Keep saying, no, it's literally just soda. I haven't had a drink or even a beer in fucking two, three years, like at least. I don't drink. I do not drink, even though I feel like I probably should. I do not smoke, except for fucking nicotine, so don't get it misunderstood I'll be okay even though my son's going back to his mom's I'll be okay even though it literally feels like me going up against the rest of the whole fucking world and everyone's against me at least I got my music but it doesn't really matter cause you're not paying bills with none of it I'll be okay even though I don't want to drive anywhere with my car because if something goes wrong, it always takes fucking $5,000 to get it fixed. Jeez Louise, guys. Anyways, Sacramento Kings are doing pretty good. 
They can't seem like, for, for whatever reason, they can't beat a shitty team this year to save their lives. They'll lose to the worst teams in the league, but then they'll fuck shit up whenever they go against the top 10, top 12 teams in the league. I don't understand. It's weird. <sighs> Haven't been bowling in forever. I got like literally 20 bowling balls that are all fucking $150 and up, and I haven't bowled in fucking two years. I only moved up here because my homie Cameron was staying up here, and, you know, he's telling me about how beautiful it is and how much better it is in Sacramento. So when I first packed up everything, and mind you, I moved out of Sacramento for various reasons, but the number one reason why I left is because I couldn't be in Sacramento anymore without the memory of my brother that, that passed away in 2017. He passed away in March. I moved out in November. And even though it took me seven, eight months to get out of Sacramento, I wanted to get out the moment that I found out he killed himself. I'm like, I don't want to deal with this shit. I don't want to be out here anymore. I... That dude and I were so close that I can't go anywhere in Sacramento without you know, his suicide popping up in my head. So I moved up this way, and initially, initially, I was going to move down to Boise, the Nampa, Caldwell area, because that's where I have family. I have my aunt, and, you know, have all my cousins, and my grandma, her old ass is still alive, and she's living down there. And at the time, my grandfather was still living down there, but he sadly passed away a few years ago. Um, and at the time, my mother, my biological mother, she also lived down there in Caldwell. So my intentions were to move out and be around more family. I felt like I needed it. After my buddy passed away, I'm like, dude, I gotta, I gotta work shit, work shit out with some of my family members. I need my family more than ever. So. You know, without much of a plan, we packed up the U-Haul. We spent five, six thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars just to get out this way, and then it was all drama. It was all fucking drama. I got out this way down near Boise, rather, which is about five, six hours south of where I reside right now, and it was right before Thanksgiving in 2017, and my mother, my actual biological mother told me that she was going to be going over to my grandma's, which is her mother, which again, my grandma's the lady that raised me growing up. And she told me, but I was told that you're not allowed to come over there for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay, cool. So the same grandma that has been preaching to me since 2004 when they left Sacramento to go move to Boise, that I should come move to Idaho. It's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. Oh, that's the same woman that's preventing me from coming over on Thanksgiving to be around my family. That's cool. That's pretty awesome. And because of that, I stayed two days at my mother's house with all of my possessions, my entire life, my old lady's possessions, all her shit, right? In a U-Haul, parked outside of an apartment complex. My mom lived in the fucking hood of Caldwell, Idaho. Again, she passed away in June of a fucking heart attack. Um, and after two days of visiting my mother, I'm like, I am not going to live here. I can't even come over and visit for Thanksgiving after not seeing these motherfuckers for hella years. So I'm like, fuck it, told my old lady. 
since my homie Cameron lived up here in Post Falls, Idaho, which is like the next town over, he was telling me, come up this way, bro. It's way more beautiful. Fuck Boise. Fuck that area. Come up this way. And I was just like, bet. So we hopped back in the U-Haul, drove five, six hours north, landed in the town we're in. Cameron and his ex-wife, well, I think they're still married, but they're not together anymore. Um, That's here nor there. They allowed us to stay at their house for a couple weeks while my lady and I found work and found an apartment so we can get into an apartment up here, right? So we could actually establish ourselves up here. And uh, I loved it for the first couple years. I'm in a bowling league with Cameron. We're fucking bowling. It's peaceful up here. There's not as many people. Again, no gangs, none of that dumb shit, right? And I loved it. Um, And here we are now, 2024. Cameron and his old lady aren't together anymore. Cameron couldn't figure shit out with a roommate out here, so when him and his lady went through it, now he's in Sacramento, right? The place I ran away from. And that eliminated one of my only two friends I had up this way. My only two friends was Cameron and then Slim Skinny the Chip God, a.k.a. my homie Taryn. And uh, now one of them's gone in Sacramento. Doesn't have a car, doesn't have a job, can't go do shit. Keeps telling me he's going to move back up here eventually. But Cameron, you know that's not going to happen, brother. I know it's not going to happen. You're not moving back out this way, bro. You know how much money you're going to have to have in order to get up here, my guy? I already know this because here I am trapped up here wanting to go back to Sacramento or just get the fuck out of Idaho, right? And I can't. I'm stuck. My lady and I just signed another year lease for this shitty-ass apartment. And when we moved into this apartment, our game plan was to only be here for like six months to maybe a year. And we were going to go rent a house work on our credit, and then eventually buy something up this way or somewhere in America, right? And here we are, fucking nearly seven years later, putting up with all this dog shit with this damn apartment, all the dog shit of this town. This whole fucking town is racist, like literally. Bunch of cracker-ass honkies. Ugh. Fucking white people, man. I fucking hate white people, to be honest with you. I hate people, bro. People are just fucking terrible. Everyone going around and sucking each other's balls and fucking pretending that they like each other. And then behind closed doors, those same people are just talking all this shit and hating on one another and backstabbing and Donald Trump this, Joe Biden that, fucking Black Lives Matter this, fucking hate Black Lives Matter that, just fucking dog shit, dude. People stressing over what bathrooms transgender people go in. It's all smoke smoke and mirrors. It's all it is. The NFL, the NFL, the fucking presidential election, all the shit going on. Everything is just smoke and mirrors while our culture just continues to go off a fucking cliff. There's no love for America anymore. You got hella people living out here that shouldn't be, that just sit there and dog America all the time. No respect for our soldiers. No respect for the American flag. You got boomers out here that feel like they know it all, running around throwing their disabilities in our face. I'm a a disabled veteran. 
don't you realize no one gives a fuck that you're a disabled veteran? You don't realize that by now? Fucking weirdos. Nobody seems to give a fuck about one another, and we wonder why our country is falling before our eyes. You got black comedians that make their whole career being racist. But God forbid I look at a black man even slightly weird. Fuck white people entirely. Fuck all you cracker-ass honkies. By the way, I am not privileged. I'm so sick of hearing about fucking white privilege. I've been broke, poor my whole life, stepped on, abused. I've been, I've had guns pulled on me for just basic traffic violations the same way brothers get. I've had no respect from teachers, any kind of authority figures, family members. Don't tell me that I'm privileged. I am not fucking privileged. If I was, I wouldn't be dealing with the chaos I've been dealing with my whole fucking life. Just like brothers, I grew up without my fucking mom and dad around. Just like brothers, I got drug addicts in my family. Alcoholics. Just like my bro just like brothers, I got my ass whooped. Just like brothers, I lived in the hood my whole life and had people hate on me just cause I'm white. Just like brothers, I get shit on for fucking with rap music. Just like brothers, I fucking can't get a job because oh you'll rather we'll rather give it to somebody else and shoot you that email that's like, dear, dear fuck ass. We're not going to hire you and we're not going to provide you with any sort of reason even though you got all the experience in the world for this position. I know exactly what brothers deal with. I'm not black, but honestly, most of the time I feel like I am black. My soul is black, honestly. This is why I can rap. This is why I can dance. This is why I can sing my ass off. <laughs> My name's Ada Wade, but I'm not from an island I'm vibing while driving through clocks that are silenced I'm higher than pilots, just open your eyes We move in position, we're running with titans I'm grinding for more than just paper and diamonds And ever before, if you see me being violent I'm calm and collected until you defy I'm dead wrong if you slipping, you fucking with giants If gritty's the thunder, then I am the lightning These haters are weak, so we leave them behind us They say what they want, we don't care if they like us They envy the green that they see in my iris Fight for the Irish, commander of crisis I'm swinging machetes like I am with ISIS I'm running with lions out on the horizon Take over this planet, god damn it I'm trying I'm blinded by all of the hate you supply And combined by the fact that this genre is tight That this genre is dying No time for reclining We move like a virus, you playing with fire With you right beside us, so drop back Make a move 808 on a beat, this my groove. We vibing, get grinding. We slide in all night, man. Like, <sighs> message. Ah, Pepsi Cola Classic. Oh, my old lady sent me a text message. What kind of good news does she have for me? Well, I know this morning there's a whole thing of hella dishes. Maybe she just thought to put all those dirty dishes in there and then run the dishwasher. I don't know. But I will talk to her and we'll deal with the dishwasher for now on so she won't do that again. Love you. Love you, Mia. She's sending me that text message because I was bitching that this is like the fourth or fifth time that I run the dishwasher at nighttime and then I come out in the morning and the fucking dishwasher is running. 
I'm like, your old boomer-ass mom keeps assuming the dishes are dirty, even though they're perfectly clean, and we're running the dishwasher two, three, fucking four times before the motherfucking dishes are put away. Jesus, Louisa's, the notorious just, please us with your lyrical thesis. Gene sag like I had an accident, an accident, as I should, eight flat screens watching hood to hood. Car welling out like an and one game, somebody else's work, in the VIP with my arm up her skirt, looking at me like he wanna get hurt. <laughs> You are losing your mind, Dennis Sanders. No, I'm not. I'm just funny. I'm entertaining. Podcasts are supposed to be entertaining, motherfucker. You old pumpkin pie haircutted freak. With that said, I'm going to bounce out of here. I could fucking rant for another two hours, but what the fuck difference does it make? Got like 12 fans. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The Notorious just with your lyrical thesis. You guys have a good rest of your day. Hopefully your lives are going better than mine. Um, be good, never bad. Stay happy, never sad. Dennis Sanders, a.k.a. Mr. 808, a.k.a. The Super Honky Out. I'll try to do better. I'll try to do better. I'll try to get another one of these up here within about a week or so. If it goes longer than that, understand why. I'm vulnerable as hell right now, and I'm so fucking tired of, yeah, I don't want to shit on anybody, I never do, but people just keep fucking hammering me, man, fucking hammering me, like there's somebody special, you are not fucking special, motherfucker, and that is the Super Honky Podcast, share this with your friends. I need to see the subscriber count go up. I need to see more likes. I need to see more interaction. I'm hanging on by a fucking thread.